What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? We are back at it again with another, and I mean another, episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, I hope y'all have had a fantastic start to y'all's week. I hope y'all crushed Monday and Tuesday. And then, obviously, we're here. We're mid, you know, we're at the midway point of the week. And, guys, we have a lot of college football news to discuss in today's episode. And, obviously, we'll get into that a little bit later. It's a lot of transfer portal news. And there's a, there's a little bit of, you know, high school recruitment news. But besides that, today's episode will finally be mostly college football focused. And then we'll finish the episode talking about, you know, a couple NBA playoff news regarding Luka Doncic and his injury. And, you know, the whole Kyrie Irving situation that he had against Boston fans in game one. And then we'll also be talking about the whole Debo Samuel situation right now in San Francisco because it seems like Debo does not want to return to the 49ers. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But guys, before we do get into today's episode, I do want to make sure that first and foremost, y'all are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. I will leave a link down in the description of the episode. And if you just want to constantly be updated with you know, everyday sports news, I definitely suggest following both accounts as it'll also give you plenty of comedy and it'll give you plenty, you know, of facts and just a bunch of cool things. So I, I literally posted, I think, earlier today about Albert Pujols and, you know, he ran, he rounded second, rounded third, and then slid into home. And it was just it was just kind of funny to see, you know, Albert Pujols, who's been known to, you know, absolutely hate running and not really the most athletic guy you'll ever see. But seeing him finally, you know, try, it was just it was just really cool to see. But definitely, I definitely suggest checking out that video on the official TikTok. Now, guys, the first news we have, and obviously we're starting out with some college football news, it's regarding former five-star and Georgia offensive tackle Amarius Mims. Now, we've gotten a lot of reports from 27, you know, 24, 24-7 sports, I'm so sorry, 24-7 sports on three, and a lot of these other recruiting profiles that have pretty much said that, hey, you know, Florida State is practically a lock to land the former five-star recruit, and, you know, we also saw that he was going to take a, a trip to Miami, you know, go visit the Hurricanes with Mario Cristobal and that whole, you know, the new revamped Hurricane staff, and it looked like he was going to end up being, you know, in the state of Florida, whether it was, you know, in Tallahassee or whether it was going to be down in Miami. You know, we, I, we pretty much thought it was solidified. But actually earlier on Tuesday morning, it was announced that Amarius, he would actually be withdrawing his name from the transfer portal and will be returning to Georgia. Now, I do th- partially think this is from the fact that, you know, Georgia, you know, they're going to be losing a couple linemen due to, you know, eligibility. They're going to the draft. And he'll finally be able to get his chance. I mean, I really don't see why he did this to kind of threaten Georgia in a way. Like, hey, I'm you know, if I, if you don't let me play, I'm gonna leave. Now, I'm not saying that's why he did it, but it kind of looked like it. Where it was like, okay, look, if I'm not gonna get a fair chance, I'm just gonna leave, which is not the case at all. He just had a bunch, he had a bunch of guys that were more experienced and probably a lot more skilled, really, in front of him, and he just didn't want to wait his, wait his turn. 
Now, I do think it's kind of ridiculous the fact he made Florida State pretty much, you know, give him a whole luxury vacation, and then, you know, he ends up the next couple days saying, you know what, nah, I think I'm just going to return back to Georgia. Thank you for the, you know, the little vacation, though. I do think that is something that needs to be addressed because, like, dude, come on. I know Florida State, they're not – right now they are not one of the better programs in the country obviously they used to be one of the blue bloods of college football and they've just had a couple down years but man that's just so disrespectful when you're dapping up every single coach and it's looking like hey you know we're i'm gonna come to your school i'm going to you know revitalize that offensive line you know give you all a huge boost you know in recruiting because as we all know after florida state they lost travis hunter to jackson state and Deion sanders that was a huge blow to the university. I mean, that practically shocked, you know, the Florida State Seminole fan base as a whole because it's like, why would someone leave us to go to the FCS? And, yes, if you're if you're a defensive back and you have the opportunity to get coached by, you know, legendary Hall of Famer Deion Sanders, you're going to go there absolutely. And that's why it made sense why Travis did go to Jackson State instead of Florida State. But the fact that Florida State, you know, they're just they're just not the Florida State, we, we you know, we all remembered where – if you committed to Florida State, that was like the equivalent of committing to Alabama or com- or committing to Georgia or committing, you know, to Florida back in the, you know what I mean? It was, it was one of those things. Now, Florida State's more of a laughing stock in the ACC, which is kind of sad to see because the ACC is really not that, you know, besides Clemson, and you know, you, I guess you could say Virginia as a dark horse, but they're normally at best will be eight and four. So, besides the point, Amarius will be returning to Georgia, so that is a huge boost to the Georgia offensive line considering that from the fact they also did lose their center to the transfer portal you know at the same time that Amarius did enter originally so good news for you Georgia fans now the next news we have it's regarding former four-star and Ohio State cornerback Seven Banks now Seven's kind of an interesting case because he had first round potential going into the 2021 season he dealt with injuries and his play was just really inconsistent and that completely you know, stunk his draft stock. He he probably was going to end up being a day three at best or undrafted, which is crazy to think that he went from being at the top of the top to being at the very bottom. But he already graduated from Ohio State, and he announced that he will be committing to LSU. He he announced this on Tuesday. So LSU gets some very you know very much needed you know veteran presence in the cornerback room in the secondary room, especially after Elias Ricks transferred to Alabama. Overall, it's a great pickup. I mean, it's it's one of those – it's a win-win situation. Worst comes to worst, he doesn't play like the first-round potential, but he's still a solid corner regardless. And nothing less, he will still be able to help the younger guys that are coming into the program. And I think it's just an amazing pickup for Brian Kelly because they do still need secondary help. And the fact they're also losing Derek Stingley to the draft – and they lost, like I said, they lost Elias Ricks to Alabama. That's a, there's a huge gap that needs to be fixed. And you know, getting seven banks is a, definitely a great step in you know in the right path for Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. So that's amazing for them. Now, former four-star and LSU running back Corey Kiner, he has officially entered the transfer portal. Now, this has nothing to do with talent. This is more strictly about kind of like an Amarius like Amarius Mims, his situation where he kind of just got lost in the depth chart and there's just a lot more talented guys in front of him. So, you know, he decided to do what any player nowadays would do and he entered into the transfer portal and literally the following day, um, Corey announced that he would be committing to Cincinnati. Now this is I love this pickup for Luke Fickle 
you know, and the Cincinnati Bearcats because they just lost their starting running back in Jerome Ford to the NFL draft, and they needed, you know, they had a huge hole. So getting a guy that was a former four-star and, you know, that pretty much had starting potential at LSU is huge. So definitely watch out for, you know, another Jerome Ford-esque running back. And in case you don't know who Jerome was, he originally played at Alabama, you know, kind of same situation, never really got his chance. And he decided, you know, take his talents to Cincinnati and, you know, be coached by Luke Fickle. And we've seen what Luke Fickle has done with a lot of these, you know, underdog, I guess you could say, recruits. Ahmad Gardner is another situation like that. He never really had any major, you know, offers coming out of high school and goes to Cincinnati never never allows a touchdown reception in his career you know even when he played Alabama he was solid so Luke Fickle I want to first off shout you out for the fact and you know the job you've done at Cincinnati and I respect you a lot because you're also staying at Cincinnati through like 2027 so you're actually going to you know at least stay with the program and not dip just because you got a little bit of success so, huge pickup for the Cincinnati Bearcats. The next news we have is regarding former five-star and Texas A&M tight end Baylor Cup. Now, coming out of high school, he was a four-star recruit, the number one tight end in the country, and the 53rd overall recruit in the 2019 class cycle. So, he was definitely a huge pickup for the Aggies during the time. And, you know, he looked to be a, you know, a, a great long-term, you know, player for them a lot of people compared his play to Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs and it makes sense because with his stature at six foot seven 240 pounds I mean you just can't stop that beast of a human but unfortunately you know considering he is that size he dealt with a major and I mean a major amount of injuries that kept him out of the 2020 season and even partially some of the 2021 season and then obviously when Jay with Jalen Wattemeyer you know the current starting tight end at A&M who just entered the NFL draft pretty much you know solidified the starting spot at tight end so Baylor figured hey I'm just gonna dip I'm gonna go find a new school and he finally found a new school um, Baylor he committed to Texas Tech now Texas Tech for some reason is revitalizing their football program because their 2023 recruiting class is number one in the country and yes that is over schools like Texas A&M Alabama Georgia Florida name any other school Texas Tech is currently ahead of them now do I understand how this is happening no but they do have like 15 three-star recruits which is still solid don't get me wrong the fact you even got that many kids that want to come to your school is a great sign and a great step into the future for the Red Raiders and personally I do want to see Texas Tech do good and I know I'm a TCU fan but I mean I, I mean it's I'd rather have Texas Tech doing you know being dominant than Texas no offense Longhorn fans but I would so nothing less a great pickup for the Texas Tech Red Raiders and I think he'll absolutely be a star for them in the future now the major college football news that happened and this literally happened as I was at a TCU baseball game and I was not really shocked that this did happen former four-star and Alabama wide receiver Ajayi Hall he is officially committed to Texas now a couple weeks ago, a source leaked the leak that um, Ajayi, he was not on the Alabama football roster anymore, and his name had gotten taken off. So a lot of people predicted, hey, he did enter the transfer portal, and it ended up being true. He later would announce that he was entering the transfer portal, and I've heard, I heard that he got kicked off the team for disciplinary reasons. I've heard he just left because he wanted to. Kind of a weird, you know, up in the air situation where we really don't know the exact details, but I'd probably bet it might have been some disciplinary issues. But regardless, 
He was an amazing high school recruit. He was a four-star coming out of high school with a six-foot-three frame and 195 pounds. And, I mean, when he went to Alabama, I expected him, and I know a lot of college football fans, especially Alabama fans, they expected him to be the successors to Devontae Smith, John Mechie, you know, all of those guys. And that's what he was aiming to be. You know, Jamison Williams, all those guys that are entering the draft this year. And I remember last spring ball uh, – uh, last Alabama spring practice, not the one that just happened, but during 2021, Nick Saban talked very high of Ajayi, you know, simply the way that he's able to read the ball, and, you know, he's got a lot, a lot of raw talent that still needs to be molded, and I thought him being in Nick Saban's offense and being just in that, you know, that, you know, that school would be great for him, and I guess, you know, he butted heads, and, you know, he did end up entering the transfer portal. Now, him coming to Texas is absolutely fantastic because not only is he coming to a team that just got five-star Quinn Ewers, they have they currently have five-star Xavier Worthy, they have five-star Bijan Robinson, who's considered the best running back in all of college football. They also got his former Alabama teammate, Jalil Billingsley, at tight end. So Texas has a very solid offense, and not to add on to the fact that they got a lot of O-linemen through you know, the recruitment. So... He's going to be in a lot better offense, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I think Bryce Young's a better quarterback than Quinn Ewers, and that's not even a question. But I think the supporting cast around him at Texas will be better. Now, coaching-wise, Alabama takes the cake. That's not even a question. But I still do think maybe Steve Sarkeesian, since he is a little bit more lenient with stuff, that you know, Ajayi might flourish more, maybe. I mean, I don't really know. All I know is that the fact that you now have, and let me just name, you know, read off some names for y'all. And this is the Texas Longhorns wide receiver room. They now have Jordan Whittington at the slot position, Xavier Worthy at the X position. They're about to have Ajay Hill. Ajay, why am I saying Hill? I'm thinking Tyreek. I'm so sorry. They have Ajay Hall in the um, Z position. So they are stacked at wide receiver. And not to add on the fact that they still have Roshan Johnson as a second back to. Bijan Robinson, so they still they still do have that one-two tandem at running back. All I'm gonna say is watch out for the Longhorns. Now, don't be shocked if they do for some reason disappoint because I don't know why, but it always seems like with Texas football they just extremely disappoint. But if they do underperform this year and they go like seven and five, six and six, or I mean, heck, even at this point, if they go eight and four with this roster and the fact they're also in the Big Twelve, which it's still a competitive conference, but it's not the same as it used to be. Steve Sarkeesian is going to be on a seat so hot that you that he probably would think he's in hell. I mean, there's just no chance that with all of these talented recruits, these talented transfer portal recruits, and you can't even win seven games in the Big 12. You can't beat TCU. You can't beat Kansas. You can't beat Kansas State. I don't know what it is with Texas, but when it comes to Kansas teams, they just for some reason choke. So... Definitely is a great pickup for Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns, but I do want people to not overhype this simply for the fact that this is Texas and they have not been the Texas of old lately. Now, the next news we have is regarding five-star edge rusher Caleb Hearing from Riverdale High School in Tennessee. Now he is now he's the top-ranked player in Tennessee. He's a top 50 player in the 2023 cycle. And he also is 6'5", 206 pounds. You know, definitely still needs to put on a decent amount of weight considering the fact that he's going to play edge rusher. And, you know, especially in the SEC. So definitely expect him to probably boost up a little bit in weight. But nothing less, he's got a great frame, great size. 
and he, and, he, and he comes off the ball amazing. Now, he is committing to Tennessee. He's going to be jo he's going to be joining the Volunteers, and I personally like this. I mean, I like to see Tennessee finally, you know, getting a lot more of these really underrated recruits. Now we know, and they had, and, and this was a report that came on Tuesday. And it was regarding that eight million that eight million dollar NIL deal that we were talking about, and apparently it was an East Coast recruit, which kind of solidifies the fact that Nico Iamaleva, the quarter, the uh, five-star quarterback from California who just committed to Tennessee, it kind of just confirmed that that's him that, you know, got that NIL deal. Now, once again, it's nothing confirmed that it is him, but if you look at just some some of the evidence and kind of some of the hints at it, it definitely looks like it is him. But nothing less, I think Tennessee will probably do really solid. I think they'll do eight and four, maybe seven and five at lowest, considering the fact they that you know they still are in the SEC East. But nothing less, great pickup for the Volunteers. Now the next news you have it's regarding 2023 four-star wide receiver Braylon James. Now as a TCU fan, I was really hoping he would come to our school because he had us in his final three, which consisted of Notre Dame, Stanford, and TCU. You know he's a great wide receiver coming out of Texas, and it's been considered one of the more physically gifted receivers in the 2023 class now earlier on Tuesday he decided to commit to Notre Dame and Notre Dame that continues to rise their 2023 class because now they have a top three recruiting class in the country for the class of 2023 so Notre Dame Notre Dame might be sneakily good now that they've got Marcus Freeman at the helm you know their head coach now I think Personally, the environment at Notre Dame is going to be a lot more healthy versus when Brian Kelly was there because it just seemed like the team never really molded around Brian Kelly versus the way that they already have with Marcus Freeman. Now, yes, I'm a little butthurt as a TCU fan. We didn't get Braylon, but I don't blame him. Notre Dame is in a great position to possibly win a national championship, and it could also better his pro career going, you know, going forward. So great pickup for the Irish. Now, the last college football news that I do have for y'all, it's not really, you know, a recruit or it's not a, like, breaking news, but it's kind of an interesting stat, and I think this does need to be kind of talked about a little bit more. So, this is reported, and this is just, this is just FBS. There's been 3,600 players this year that have entered the college football transfer portal, which, if you do it by average, is roughly 27.5 players per school. Now that is that is insane because if you look back ten years uh, ten years ago, it seemed like maybe each college would have one guy transfer out each year, right? Like it was rare, and if it and if they did, it was like breaking, breaking, breaking news. Nowadays, with the transfer portal and how it kind of feels like almost free agency, it seems like you're gonna most likely see a kid that might have been a four star or maybe a high three star coming out of high school. You know he sits two years redshirt one year doesn't really play you know sophomore year he's gonna decide hey I don't want to play you know I don't want to wait my turn because we've seen it with Alabama a lot of their quarterbacks they don't play until their junior year senior year you know I mean it so it, it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't really feel like there's any competition anymore it just feels more like okay you know what I lose this battle I'm just gonna enter the transfer portal and I'll get a starting spot somewhere else may not be as good of a school but I'll at least be able to start so I don't want to say necessarily it needs to be exactly talked about, but it still is concerning the fact that 
kids are just quitting on schools now simply for the fact that, hey, they're not getting the opportunity that they want. Now, I understand if they're just completely being blackballed from an opportunity like we saw with JT Daniels in Georgia because we really don't know what happened in that situation. We don't know if it was truly an injury or Kirby Smart just wanted Stetson Bennett more than he wanted JT Daniels. So, nothing less. I do think the transfer portal has a lot of goods, but it also does have a lot of you know cons because it's practically free agency but legal in college. I mean, if you look at the bare bones, you know, structure of it, it is free agency. You're entering your name into a digital website that allows schools to come and recruit you. Now, it may be through NIL deals. It might be through a promise of, you know, NFL success. One of those two things, you know, that's pretty much, you know, recruiting at, you know, like, like you see the NFL, you know, NFL front offices do when they try to get guys in free agency. So nothing less. I don't want to, you know, you know, talk too much about it, but I do think that that is an insane stat that just this year alone, there was 3,600 kids that entered the transfer portal. Now guys, that is it for the college football news. I'm just excited. We're finally getting a lot of college football news back. I've been to a couple TCU spring practices. I met the legendary, the hall of famer, the, one of the best running backs to ever exist, Ladanian Tomlinson. Shout out LT. Thank you for taking a picture and signing, you know, signing some stuff for me. I'm talking amazing guy, really cool, laid down to earth. And his nephew, um, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, definitely is probably going to be a first, first to second round pick in the 2023 draft. Yes, I know a lot of teams are going to critique him about his size. He's five foot nine, yada yada yada. The kid can jump like a jackrabbit, and he is so quick and has such a great release. He, you can't. I'm sorry. There's no way you can just quit on him simply because he's five foot nine. So, besides the fact, shout out to LT, shout out to all the boys at TCU. I appreciate y'all for making me feel so loved and just a great environment. I love what Sonny Dykes is doing. Shout out to Coach Dykes. I had a couple conversations with him. I just love the environment that's going on with my Horn Frogs. Coach Dykes and his coaching staff have done a fantastic job. And, you know, shout out to Coleman Maxwell, one of the character coaches at TCU. That's been that's absolutely been one of the coolest guys I know. So, I mean, TCU's future looks bright. I never even realized that we were in such a good position until I finally went to a spring practice. And, man, am I excited for the spring game on Friday. Now, I know a lot of teams, they're having their spring practices. They're not spring practices. I'm sorry. They're having their spring games on Friday and Saturday. And there's some actually pretty decent ones, so make sure that y'all are watching that. But guys, let's get into some NFL news. And the first news I do want to talk about is regarding the San Francisco 49ers and their current quarterback situation. Now, in case you don't know, they drafted Trey Lance out of North Dakota State last year with the third overall pick, which pretty much solidified the fact that he is the future of the 49ers in the quarterback position, which kind of left another door open with what are we going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? Are we going to keep him? You know, are we just going to trade him away? Are we going to release him? And, you know, Jimmy G, he does have a pretty you know, chunky contract, like it's not cheap to keep him, but it's being reported within the 49ers franchise that even if the team, you know, keeps Jimmy G despite his, you know, trade value kind of going up and down, up and down, Trey Lance will be the starting quarterback next season for the 49ers, so 49er fans, I guess you can be pretty happy, I mean, you're going to, you're going to finally see, you know, the true potential, you know, of Trey Lance, he at least did get one year to kind of learn the playbook, learn Kyle Shanahan's offense, and he'll still have Jimmy G as a mentor right behind him. You know, a guy that learned, you know, behind the greatest quarterback of all time and Tom Brady. So I think the one thing that I like a lot about Trey Lance is simply his mobility 
and the fact that he does have a strong arm. So he kind of can do both. You know what I mean? He's not one of those guys that's strictly a pocket passer like you'll see with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. You know, the guys that really can't run out of the pocket need be. Now, Trey Lance, he has the arm, almost the equivalence of an arm to them. Plus, he has a lot of lot, mo- lot of mobility, kind of similar to Justin Fields and um, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. So, nothing less. I, I'm kind of excited to see Trey Lance and see, you know, him finally taking quarterback one reps as the official quarterback one, not because, you know, Jimmy G's out with an injury. Now, the next news we have, and this was kind of the biggest news of the past couple of days in the NFL, this is regarding the Cleveland Browns and their former first-round pick, um, Denzel Ward. Now, the Cleveland Browns and their cornerback, Denzel Ward, they have both agreed on a five-year, $100 million contract extension, which, in case you do not know, that makes Denzel Ward the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history. And, yes, that means he got paid more than guys like Deion Sanders, Jalen Ramsey, it's 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 insane. Now Denzel Ward is a two-time Pro Bowler. He's had a bunch of you know solid seasons in Cleveland. I definitely knew that Cleveland was going to go out of their way to at least re-sign one of their first-round picks from the 2018 draft. And I think them keeping Denzel Ward was better than them keeping Baker Mayfield in the long run. But the, I don't think Denzel Ward. No offense to Denzel, that is an insane 20 million dollars a season for a top 30 cornerback. Maybe you know top 15 at best. Now, think it, think about how this is going to shift the cornerback market in the NFL. Now you're going to have guys like Jalen Ramsey who are like, okay, he's getting paid $20 million a season. I want $40 million, right? Because Jalen Ramsey, he's been playing like one of the best. Jair Alexander, who's coming you know, on the last year of his rookie contract, he's going to want to be getting paid probably 30 to 35 Obviously, he hasn't had the same production as Jalen Ramsey, but he still was one of the more elite cornerbacks in the NFL. So this kind of just puts the cornerback market at a – fire sell simply for the fact a guy like Denzel Ward he's only been to two Pro Bowls and, and I mean don't get me wrong like oh only two Pro Bowls no that's a super good accomplishment but when you're getting paid 20 million dollars a season and you haven't even made an all pro team yet that's going to jack up a lot of and I mean a lot and a lot and a lot of markets in the NFL like we've already seen with the quarterback position we've already seen it with the wider wide receiver position with the whole Devontae Adams trade to the Raiders and then obviously Tyreek getting that huge contract with the Dolphins so this is going to I think this signing it's a good signing for the Browns is it you know it keeps them with some consistency in their secondary I like them a lot because he kind of reminds me a lot of Joe Hayden. I know it sounds weird. You're probably like, that makes no sense. But he kind of does in a way because Joe Hayden was really good with the Browns and was always consistent. And Denzel Ward's kind of been that same way, even though he has had a couple injuries. Now, besides that, the next news we have is regarding, you know, another AFC North team. And it's regarding the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are releasing um, their tight end, Miles Boykin, formerly of Notre Dame. Not really shocking. He just... He showed a lot of potential in his first couple of years. The Ravens definitely seemed to be the future. You know, he kind of would could play a tight end wide receiver mix, but ultimately he started just to decline, and the Ravens decided to release him. But he would be later picked up by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like this. There's simply not a lot to lose. He also will reunite with his former Notre Dame teammate and um, Chase Claypool. So I think it's a I think it's a win-win for each team. 
Now, the next news we have, it's regarding Debo Samuel. Like I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, we were going to be discussing the whole Debo Samuel San Francisco situation. Now, in case you don't know, Debo Samuel, he had a career year this past year, racking up 77 receptions on 1,400 yards with six touchdowns, and that was just receptions. I mean, he did great in the run game as well, kind of played an Alvin Kamara mix. And he was a utility tool for the San Francisco 49ers. You needed him as a quarterback, he'd be at a quarterback. He also got a first-team All-Pro and was a Pro Bowl selection as well. So obviously a very huge career here. And, you know, well-deservingly, he wants to get paid like he is one of the best, which he is. And the fact that also he is a you know Swiss Army knife for Kyle Shanahan's offense is probably going to cost him a little bit more anyway because you're getting three positions in one out of Debo Samuel. Now... There's always, there's been mixed reports regarding both sides of this, whether it was the 49ers being reluctant or Debo Samuel at, in the past couple days, you know, kind of saying, you know, he doesn't want to be in San Francisco and that, he you know, he's reluctant to want to sign a contract extension with them. And I kind of don't blame Debo Samuel because about a week ago, Debo, Debo announced on multiple social media platforms that he had been receiving death threats, he had been receiving racist remarks. And just a lot of crude things from San Francisco fans simply for the fact that he hadn't already signed a contract extension and he would end up telling them it's not my fault you know talk to the front office talk to John Lynch and them because I do want to stay with y'all but if y'all are going to treat me like this why would I want to continue to be here for y'all so and it makes sense because no one wants to be in an environment where they're going to be called racist remarks you know threats against them and their family so personally we might see Debo Samuel get traded as well now also remember the fact too he is on a contract year so teams probably won't have to give up a buttload simply for the fact if they get him they're going to have to sign him to a contract extension which will probably range from about 25 to 30 million which once again is rightfully deserved as he is a Swiss Army knife for whatever team he will be on so kind of let me know what teams y'all think Debo might end up on now I'm not saying he won't stay in San Francisco that's still a very you know that's obviously still a major option in this certain situation but I do think the best case scenario for both sides is to move on from each other because obviously I feel like Debo is just going to get wasted in San Francisco but if he goes to a team you know possibly like Indianapolis who they still need a second wide receiver option and you could say Paris Campbell is still considered wide receiver too but dude you get Debo Samuel and Micah Pittman alongside Jonathan Taylor Matt Ryan and then Mo Alley Cox who are all studs at their positions and then not to add on the fact that O-line is obviously top 10 in the whole league who's going to stop the Colts so definitely watch the Colts possibly to end up getting them simply because they are in the AFC and I don't think the 49ers are going to want to trade Debo to an NFC team like Green Bay who does need a wide receiver but also that is one of their biggest rivals so but yeah the Debo Samuel situation it's only heating up more and more and more now now that we are out of the way with the football side of news, you know, college football and NFL. Let's get into some NBA playoff news. And I'm not going to really go in depth about each game or each playoff series considering, you know, we're not at the finals yet. Because when we get to about the finals or the Western and Eastern Conference, you know, finals, I will definitely talk about that a little bit more. But I'm just going to kind of give a brief rundown of, you know, each individual playoff. So right now, the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns are taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. Phoenix has a 1-0 lead against them. Dallas and Utah, they're currently in a series right now. The series is tied 1-1, which Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, he has not played either of those games. 
a lot of Mavericks um, officials are, are expecting them possibly to be, you know, playing game three, maybe game four. So definitely something to continue to watch out for. The Golden State Warriors are taking on the Denver Nuggets, and Golden State currently leads that series 2-0. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves, that series is currently 1-0 Minnesota. Now let's get on to the eastern side of things. We have the Miami Heat taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Miami currently leads that series 1-0. Now we have the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Toronto Raptors. Philly currently leads that series 2-0 after you know Joel Embiid continues to play like an MVP. And then even Maxie starting to kind of emerge as a great point guard for that team. Then next we have the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Chicago Bulls. Milwaukee currently leads... Ooh, sorry guys, Milwaukee currently leads that series one to zero, and then finally we have the Boston and Boston Celtics taking on the Brooklyn Nets, and Boston currently leads that series one to zero after Jason Tatum had an amazing game one, you know, in um, TD Garden. So, and you know, I I, I was going to talk a little bit about the whole Kyrie situation. So Kyrie. Man, I don't know what's gotten into him. I guess it's just a new new thing for him. But he was getting at it with Boston fans. He gave them a double bird. said, screw y'all. I didn't like y'all when I was even here. You know, I was mimicking them crying. You know, it was just a bad look. And then as he was leaving the arena or was kind of heading to the locker room, he was he, you, you could see him mouth the words, um, suck my, and I'll let y'all, you know, finish the rest of that. So... But he would later be fined $50,000 by the NBA for his actions in Game 1, which is rightfully deserved. I mean, yeah, at the same time, I do believe he had a right to defend himself because the fans were also chanting a lot of stuff at him. But you are the professional in this case. You will get blamed pretty much for anything you do. So you have to be you know, held a lot more accountable for your actions versus them because they can do whatever they want. They have nothing to lose. But a guy like Kyrie Irving, who has millions and millions and millions and you know has all these brand deals is currently on a you know a not super team but currently is on an amazing team of Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets you can't do these things because that just that just puts down your team and it, not just well, let me rephrase it not only does it put you down but most importantly it puts your team down because it makes them look like what are they doing you know why aren't they saying something to you or do they just not care and it's going to be interesting to continue to see how this goes, especially the fact that they still do have to play another game in Boston before they head, you know, back to Brooklyn. So, but yeah, guys, that is it for today's NBA news. That's it for today's NFL news. That's it for today's college football news. Uh, I would definitely continue to expect things to continue to ramp up and ramp up and ramp up. And then we probably will have like a plateau era where... There's just not really going to be too much going on besides, you know, NBA and then a little bit of NFL news, especially if some trades happen. So, guys, I really do hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed making it for you all. I hope you all have a fantastic Wednesday. I hope you all have a fantastic Thursday, and I will see you all back here on Friday. Peace.